because whatever the C market is doing is the base price that they're going to get paid for coffee. So that's deeply unfair to most producers. This is not the case for producers in Hawaii. The pricing is completely different. The pricing structure is very high. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Ford, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode four of a five-part series with just me. I hope that you're enjoying this series so far. This series is about my first origin trip. And unlike most people, I uh, I don't know, most people usually either go to Colombia or Ethiopia, Kenya, um, Brazil. They usually start their origin journey in one of those countries. I started in Hawaii because I was blessed by being invited by one of my clients, Monarch Coffee Farms. Again, if you get the chance to try this coffee, you should. They have a gesha that is just unreal. In my time, in the 10 days that I was there on on the island, speaking to different producers, understanding what their challenges are, looking at what they are trying to achieve over the next 10 years, looking at how they've built their businesses over the past 10 years, the thing that I got to understand was that we are at a really pivotal point in the history of coffee production globally. And that for me has been informed by the quality of guests that have come on the podcast and discussed this with me. There are a lot of, of forces that are making the time that we're in quite an intersectional time uh, and transformative time, I believe, in, in our history as an industry. Let me explain what I mean by that. Coffee leaf rust um, and, you know, Bora beetle and uh, all the different nematodes that uh, exist at origin, all these different forces that really pre- present a challenge for producers. This is not new. This is something that they have been dealing with for generations. But what is new is the the climate that's involved on top of that, the economic forces that are involved on top of that, the marketing that's required to sell your coffee on top of that. All of these things are stacking up on top of everything else so that the amount that a producer has to deal with now sets the producers who are doing all of these things compared to the producers who are not doing these things, it sets them significantly apart. Coffee pricing is complicated. Um, it's, it's drastically unfair to the producer. And that is because it is usually, in most origin countries, it is usually the C market plus a differential uh, for all the extra stuff that's been done to the coffee. The C market is usually impacted and influenced by people who are using the C market 
for reasons other than to take hot to buy coffee. They're using it to hedge, they're using it to speculate, uh, and they buy and sell coffee contracts so that they can simply make money off them. The down the pipeline, that goes back to producers because whatever the C market is doing is the base price that they're going to get paid for coffee. So that's deeply unfair to most producers. This is not the case for producers in Hawaii. The pricing is completely different. The pricing structure is very high. Folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace for just 50 euros, and it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. You're going to pay somewhere in the order of between $30 a pound for, let's say, the lower graded coffee up to hundreds of dollars per pound for the high-end specialty coffee. And again, most people wouldn't know that coffee is grown in Hawaii because most of that quantity gets sold within Hawaii. But we have, as I was saying at the beginning of the episode, I believe that we have some dangerous times ahead for producers all over the world. And let me let me deep dive into what I mean by that. My job as a consultant is to be informed on what the economics and the geopolitics and the trade routes and, um, you know, in general what's happening in all the different layers of and the, and the elements of what's happening around my clients' businesses and the economies that they operate in. For this podcast, it's important for me to be informed about what's happening in the supply chain all around the world and there is just far too much information for one person to consume. But I can tell you that from what it looks like, we have interesting times ahead because a lot is going to change. And on this podcast, we've been talking about an economic tsunami for a couple of years now. I don't think I was wrong. I think I was early. And we've been talking about it since the pandemic. Um, And I am still very steadfast in the fact that I think that there's an economic tsunami coming. As I was also saying, producers have all of these forces stacked up against them that they have to now contribute to. A part of those forces is learning how to diversify their revenue streams because a lot of the way that coffee was consumed is shifting because of the cost of living crisis in the countries where coffee is sold into. Let me explain. Producer after producer after producer that I spoke to in Hawaii was telling me that the coffee subscription services, and we are seeing this reflected here in Australia, we're seeing it reflected in the United States, in Europe, and in most countries where coffee subscriptions are sold, what you're starting to see is people are either uh, cancelling their subscriptions or they are reducing uh, 
the price range of of their subscription. So if they were buying a top tier Gesha, they have dropped to buy a more everyday drinking kind of affordable coffee. If they were drinking, uh, if they were getting a specialty grade, more kind of affordable specialty grade coffee, they were cancelling that subscription and they were going to something that was probably more commercial coffee. We're starting to see this shifting happening. As we see this shifting consumer behavior coming off the back of what seemed to be some very up and down years with regards to coffee pricing. The last few years we've seen uh, some some record highs and we've seen some record lows. This is leading into a more confusing time for producers and for roasters. I believe this economic downturn is going to, as it hits, it is going to force some businesses out of business and that will have a flow-on effect down the pipeline because once roasters start going out of business and cafes start going out of business, the coffee needs to find a new home for where it used to be going before. I'm not sure there are enough people that are aware that there is the potential for these forces coming down the pipeline. If you look at the financial media, a lot of them have mixed messages. Are we going to have a recession? Are we not going to have a recession? Are we going to see a housing market bust? Are we going to see a housing market either for or against a housing market bust? Is the stock market going to crash? Isn't it going to crash? Uh, we're starting to see a lot of stories from around the world that are just waiting and looking for where the contagion is going to start. And what my concern is, is that there are not enough business owners out there that understand their financials uh, and don't understand the, the health of their business. And this is across the entire supply chain. Something that became very evident to me over the past 12 months is that when you ask what the cost of production is for coffee farmers, the majority of people don't know what the cost of production is on their farm. They have a very general idea of what the cost of production is. But then you take that to the consuming end of the market and you ask people, well, how much profit are you making? They aren't quite understanding the difference between gross profit and net profit. And so they'll tell you, I, from a latte, I'm making $2 profit or I'm making $3 profit from a $5 latte. Not understanding their operating expenses and not being able to really come back and say, my operating expenses are 60% of my gross revenue. And when you, when you go to those levels to try and go through their financials and help them understand that, what they come to realize is that they've been operating a non, a business that hasn't been profitable for many years. Or has been profitable for like a, you know, 1%, like a slice of a tiny, tiny, tiny slice of profitability. 
if the pressures that we're looking at that are coming down the pipeline are going to squeeze producers and squeeze cafe owners and squeeze roasters even further and they don't have any insight into what is happening right now without these forces, I am concerned. <laughs> I'm, I think that we have some dangerous times ahead that we created as an industry because we aren't holding ourselves to a standard where we are insisting that we help each other get educated about this and that we come together to learn together about these things. Because um, I, I imagine that we keep going on about this idea of community and yet we're all operating in separate, isolated silos. If a community could come together and say, listen, we need to strengthen our local economy as a coffee industry, why don't we start identifying what education we need and bring it in? That to me is the signs of a coffee community that is protecting itself against the forces that are coming down the pipeline. That means that you would have very a very skilled workforce. It means that you would have informed business owners. It means that you have a network of relationships where people know that they can count on each other and they work as a community. And this is for the entire supply chain. And what I'm not seeing is that. So if you are in a community and you aren't aware of what will happen if you guys do get impacted, if there is an economic situation, um, I would suggest that it's probably time to start thinking about the elders in those communities, the more experienced people in those communities, and even the youngest uh, Gen Zers in the community coming together and starting to cultivate learning circles because that is one way that you can hedge against some of what I believe are the dangerous things that are coming for our industry down the pipeline. Now, the last episode of this series, the next episode, is going to be about what I think we could learn from what the community in Hawaii is doing. Uh, it's inspiring to see what they're doing and I think that there's some very, you know, in this episode we talked about some of the dangerous things that are coming down the pipeline, but I think that Hawaii has given me some perspective on some exciting things that are coming down the pipeline. So I hope you'll join me for that episode. Peace of and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.